Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 201. On tonight's episode, the Manlings take a break from their worlds of Sigmar and the realms and the books and all that, and they get down into their cards and talking about Warhammer champions. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you C, C, N, G. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, wait, what? I'm sorry, I was playing Warhammer Champions online. Are we starting? Yeah, we gotta start, Dave. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm Dave, uh, and... Uh, welcome to welcome to the Karaji Tools. Um, wow, this oh, uh, we're taking a break today from the normal Warhammer for this, and I'm kind of excited about it because it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's not kind of cool. It's uh, something very unique, and I'm very grateful for something unique. Yeah, um, I didn't think you were going to play. I didn't think you were going to fall down this rabbit hole. But then again, I wasn't going to fall down this rabbit hole. And it's deep. Yeah, it is. It is. This is... Uh, so, I think for... Actually, we can probably talk about this when we get into it. Yeah. Um, but we should probably take a moment to thank the sponsors of the show, you know? Probably. Go for it. So, as always, you can take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, which include... Chaos Orc Superstore. 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 Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your MDF and basing needs. Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. In Wakanda, Illinois. Not that Wakanda and not that Lindsay. Okay, now follow-up question. Is there a camp Wakanda in uh, Wakanda? In Wakanda? I don't think there's a camp Wakanda in Wakanda. Not Illinois. Okay. Because that's where Ray Stantz roasted Stay Puff Marshmallows by the fire in Capoconda. Oh, that's right. But I don't think that's... it was in Illinois. Dude, they lived in New York. That was probably somewhere off in like, well, hopefully not in New Jersey, but like somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And in, 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 probably in upstate New York or something like that. Sure, sure. Okay. Just just a thought. Popped into my head. Just popped in there. Um, <laughs> just and then. In. Yeah. What did you do, Alex? I don't know. It just popped in there like <laughs> champions. Anyway, um, and then Black Dog Hobby and Game in Loves Park, Illinois. You know, Alex, I've heard that Black Dog Hobby and Games is the place to be for gamers that live in that area. Yeah. I heard Northern that... Illinois, Southern Wisconsin. Yeah. I heard if you like miniature games, card games, board games, RPGs, any of that, Black Dog's got it. Um like their calendar, I heard is uh, what, Tuesday night RPG, Wednesday night Modern Magic, Thursday night board games, Friday night AOS, and Saturday just Warhammer in general. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, they try to keep up with games and try to make sure they've always got something going on. And you can find out more on Facebook at Black Dog Hobby and Game and check out their game meetup group linked on the Facebook page. I will do that. That's awesome. So, um, that's all the sponsors. Oh, yes, that is yeah. all the sponsors. All right. Well, what about our Patreon sponsors? We, we cannot forget the Patreon sponsors because they are part of the 1% who make everything we do here possible on top of all the help from the sponsors. Uh, so, hey, 
First of all, our associate producers, Phil Elliott and Dwight Sims. We want to thank them, as we always do. Um, and the executive producers, Nick Nafpliotis and Big Jake. Because, as I said last episode, Big Jake is back. So, um, oh, and Nick has helped me out because he's local. And actually, uh, tomorrow, by the time you guys listen to this, it's done. But tomorrow, the big move is going from GoDaddy to the new thing so so we'll probably have about a day where we were down again where they were changing over um the whole website has been copied over to the new the new host and now we got to change the dns and all that and nick is more computer savvy than i am and i can't keep asking daniel to stop everything he's doing in his life to come and do this so nick is coming to help me do the move tomorrow so super big shout out and thanks to Nick, who's going to be here at the house, help me do that, and then we're going to probably have pizza and play uh, Star Trek Ascendancy or or uh, Big Trouble in Little China, because there's going to be four of us here. We can't just play we can't just play AOS when there's only when there's four of us here. So you could play a couple rounds of Champions. Mm-hmm. Well, I am totally up for that, <laughs> uh, and, and I, we probably will. Or uh, well, we'll talk about other stuff later. Also, hey, newest sponsor. Now, it's Albin, A-L-B-I-N, Anstrom. And I'm saying Anstrom, um, it's got the umlauts and stuff. So I think, hmm. so Albin, Albin Ostrom, uh, newest sponsor. Guys, there's, we got almost 100 sponsors. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's, the Patreon is going well. And literally, I cannot thank these people enough. You guys are heroes. Uh, you guys are my heroes. Uh, you make all the stuff we're talking about. Seriously, I I couldn't get all this stuff. We couldn't do, get all this stuff and review it. Um, I got three kids going to college, man. <laughs> like two going soon and one going to be going soon. I, I couldn't I couldn't keep up with this hobby if it wasn't for the the sponsors and the patrons. So would you say that they are champions? I would say that they are champions with that big go. weird pronunciation because they are awesome. Um, let's see what else. Oh, voicemail. Do you know we have voicemail? Do we have voicemail? We do. We have voicemail at 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. You can call. You can leave a message. We love hearing them on the Google voicemail. Uh, international callers can call 001-757-GH-SHOW-6 uh, most of the time. And uh, they can get through that way. Now, uh, we actually have a voicemail this week. Uh, Tim from Cincinnati called, and then he called right back uh, with more to say. So I'm going to play this for you. I don't think I missed any other calls. This is the, yeah, that other one. Oh, yeah, so that was other stuff. Okay, so here's Tim from Cincinnati, it's going to, how do I, all right, here we go. I got the new app for the Google Voice, so I got to make sure I'm doing this right. Hold on, here we go. Hey, this is Tim from Cincinnati, and I just want to call and say I love all the content you guys put out, especially these lore episodes. It's a big reason why I'm even in the hobby at all. And I'm loving Age of Sigmar. I've played more games in the last two months than I've probably played in the last five years of the hobby in general and it's just picked up in a great way and more on this specific episode you guys just did i'd like to talk to alex and tell him how wrong he is about big trouble little china 
film scholars and buffs agree it's an excellent movie. I think maybe he was turned off by the campiness of it, but that's actually part of the charm. It's intentional, and it's supposed to be a throwback to old kung fu movies. I hope he can revisit it and enjoy it for what it is. Conversely, though, he I thought he made a great point about the hammers of Sigmar, and I like that that was included in the book where people are starting to be frustrated by them with how good they seem to be and how much credit they seem to get. As a Celestial Vindicators player myself, I feel like we do a lot of the work but get none of the credit. So I really hope GW kind of learns its lesson from how the Ultramarines were treated instead of doubling down kind of makes it a bit more fair. Um, in terms of who gets appreciation and that they're all equals just in their own unique ways. And thanks for everything, guys. I can't wait to keep listening more. Have a good one. All right. Now, before we address that, um, he actually called like 15, 20 minutes into the episode, apparently. Uh, and so then when he got to the end of the episode, there was more he wanted to say. So Tim called back. Hey guys, it's Tim from Cincinnati again. I hate to be one of those two voicemail guys, but I felt compelled when I hadn't quite finished the episode, but towards the end, you guys talked about a really cool scene where Sigmar and Nagash are kind of uh, battling each other through avatars, and that immediately recalled to mind, you know, Big Trouble Little China again, when Lopan and Egg Shin have their duel. And I'm surprised none of you guys caught that. So I hope that adds to the appreciation of the movie. And once again, um, just I love love this stuff. I can't wait to be a Patreon supporter. Thanks for everything, guys. Can't wait to be a Patreon supporter. Nah, I didn't even catch that part the first time I listened to it. But, yeah, I totally caught the thing. In fact, I had mentioned to Chris how uh, Barnett, how they were doing the fighting there, and it reminded me of the uh, – the battle at the end where they were sort of fighting with the avatars. But I didn't bring it up because you so didn't like the movie that I didn't want to. No, no, it's, it's fine. I understand like what the movie was supposed to be. Uh huh. I just didn't like it. I know. Conversely, I I don't particularly care for those old campy martial arts movies anyway. Oh, see, that explains it, man. Do you know how many of those I own? (laughs) That doesn't surprise me, but I, mean, oh I like God. campy movies. It's just the thirty-six chamber of Shaolin, five fingers of death, the seven de- seven deadly venoms. You know, I got all that stuff, all that Wu Tang nonsense. I gotta tell you one. I used to sit up late night at home when I would go out with my friends, and I'd get home really late, and I was uh, too wired to go to bed yet. And they used to show, um, like at two in the morning, this one channel. It was one of the local channels. Would like almost always have a kung fu movie on on the weekends. And uh, I remember watching this one, and the guy comes in. And it was just it was that typical stuff. The guy shows up there, and he starts kicking all these guys' butts, and like, why do you come here and do this? And he's like, he goes, because seven years ago you came to my place and you killed my brother. And the guy, and you're like, okay, of course you killed my brother. That's that's every story, right? You know. The guy turned around no, to him. But... Well, I mean, if you watch those old movies, that's like half the reason. Sure. Half the reason they go to fight the other place is because you killed one of their family members. But after he said that, this is I, I'll never forget it. The guy turns around and he goes, I only came there and did that because five years before that, your brother killed my brother. And I'm like, oh, Inception. Like, this is just so. 
I love those old movies, man. And the fighting is just so much fun to watch. But if you don't like that kind of movie at all, which I didn't realize, I could get you not enjoying Big Trouble in Little China. But I like campy movies. Like, I like the Schwarzeneggers. Uh huh. And I own every James Bond, even the campy ones from, like, the 60s and the 70s. Love me some so, James Bond. Yeah, I do too. But see, I it's love Sean some... Connery or Daniel Craig, but that's oh, sure. besides the point. Um, no, I love no. me some Asian kung fu cinema, man. I adore that stuff. Growing up as a kid, I loved watching it with my grandpa. So, you know, I just, oh, yeah, no, Big Trouble is, is a love letter to that stuff. But totally yeah. seen through a white man's eyes where you got to break, you know, like, this is what it would be like if, if this was going on. So yeah. I, get, I get you not liking it, but, you know. No, I prefer the artsier. Uh, stuff some of the more recent stuff like Hero, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like some of the more well, and that stuff's still all based stuff. on this. But I love the I love the campy. I gotta say though, I lo- and I have my I have Hero and I have the the new Legend of Shaolin. If you can ever see that, that one's campy though. But that's with Jet Li. That was the first Jet Li movie I ever saw. I love that movie, but it's so bizarre. The new Legend of Shaolin is insane. He <laughs> like it's he fights monsters and it's, it's crazy, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the few people in the world who watched Crouching Tiger, and like I've seen so many of these movies that I was like, "Yeah, it's good," but it's like it was for me. It was nothing I hadn't seen, and that movie is about twenty twenty five minutes too long, in my opinion. And it's an unpopular opinion. I am just not a huge fan of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and it's so much fun to watch. But there's about twenty five minutes in the middle that I would probably trim. Yeah, you could do that. Because I was I remember we were making fun of it. Me and my like my roommate was is a, was a martial artist and him and his friends were doing all that stuff and they all called it crouching tiger hidden boredom because they were just like, "Come on, let's get on with the fighting already." But yeah. uh you know, that's a total digression. But it's good to know what type of action films you like. So next time you're over and we're going to be pulling out the films, I know where to go and where to avoid. Mhm. Okay, so, having said all that nonsense, we should totally take a break, and we We should should come back with the toolbox. Brought to you by Kazark Superstar. We'll be back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back with the Toolbox, brought to you by... Chaos Superstore. Chaos Superstore. Chaos Superstore. 
superstar, Kazark Superstore, Michael McDonald. Sorry. Still yacht rocking it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Harrison's shaking his head. He cannot stand the too. yacht rock. Morgan likes it, though. Of course she does. Oh, yeah. She loves all that type of music. So, all right. Toolbox. Uh, you got some hobby? Yeah. I know it's... you're painting them fishies. Yeah, it's getting really fishy up in here. Um, so I just finished my second unit of Ishlian Guard. Uh, so it's the shield and sword eels. Uh, so now I have all my eels done, thankfully. I don't enjoy hi- line highlighting, but I did it on them. Nice. Glad to be done with it. Um, and then I just started work on now just- the I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Now, the eels, no. they're, they're like the powerhouse of that army, right? Like, that's the people take the like the all-eel army and stuff, or is that just... Yeah, the filthy, slippery eel list. Uh, like, Les Martin is running a 18... Yeah, it's, he's got 18 eels, Voltornis, an Eidolon, and I think a Soul Scryer. So, like, the eels are, like, the powerhouse of that list, uh, that book in general, I think. But I've been getting a lot of work out of sharks, the Alapexes. Uh huh. So I finally started putting brush to them, and I've got them mostly base coated. So I've got three I have to get done by Holy Havoc. When's Holy Havoc again? The first weekend of November. Oh, okay. I've got three of them and ten more thralls to get done uh, by then, and obviously I need to, I want to get most of the army done by the end of the year. Um, so that's like an Eidolon and. 20 more thralls. So I'm pretty close. Okay. Um, as it is. And a spell singer. Because reasons. Because they're <laughs> good. Um, so I've got that going on um, as far as hobbying. I also painted, uh, just for funsies, uh, Ra- Ravenax Nationing Jaws. I got them done. And then the Emerald Life Swarm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a couple of, couple of uh, spells going. Yeah, a couple things to break it up. Um, I've been doing mostly prime white and washing. Um, so I've got still the uh, Soul Share Snackles, the Purple Sun, and the Grave Tide. And I think there's one more I haven't done yet. So I'm just trying to knock through and try to get as many. Oh, the Swords is the last one I don't have done yet. Gotcha. So I'm trying to knock those out. Because uh, they're quick, they're easy, and if I need to like break up, I really am enjoying painting the endless spells uh, to break up different things because it's a completely different texture. It's a completely different looking miniature uh, from like painting a pale oh, skin shark else. skin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the sharks I'm really looking forward to because um, again, like that was one of the big things that drew me to the army to begin with was taking sharks. Um, so, I mean, they're all going to be great whites, so it'll be an easy enough paint scheme because I don't have to, like, do a Tiger or a Mako or anything like that. So they're all going to be great whites. Um, okay. Yeah. But I was also thinking about the narrative for my army. Um, oh. So, for those of you that haven't watched it yet, the Meg with Jason Statham, yes, it's a big, stupid shark movie, but... The basic premise of why there's a megalodon running around is there's like a false bottom to the ocean that's covering like a canyon or something. And 
the fish underneath it perceive it as a top, so they think it's a lid because it's like a permafrost sort of thing. Okay. So when you go down underneath it, that's when you get the megalodons. But I thought, what if there was an Idaneth uh, city underneath a layer of permafrost? This way you just see the bottom, but underneath it there's a thriving elven metropolis. Oh, okay. I thought that that might be something neat to steal, but, you know, whatever. Silly stuff. No, that'll work, hey man. You got yourself a you got you built a place, you built a lore. That's awesome. Yeah, we're trying. But any event. I'm doing what I can. How about you? You've been getting them space marines done? Yes. Uh I was building the space marines for Ryan Nichols narrative event in Minnesota next week, which um yet now Chris you and I aren't going. <laughs> And I'm I'm upset, but we both have stuff going on. Heather is probably getting sent to Regina, Saskatchewan for work. And remember, Regina rhymes with friendship. Oh, good sportsmanship. Sorry. Good sportsmanship. I misquoted Deadpool. I was just called out by my both of my children. Yeah, that's a good start. No, Amity means friendship. That's from Jaws. I always get them confused because, remember, Amity means bad sport coat. Regina rhymes with good sportsmanship. That's right. Um, so, uh, and Chris Hughes' son has got his first uh, hockey game that weekend. And, and he can't miss that. Well, I mean, he, he could. No, no. But, he I, can't. you know, you, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, and like I said, plus, like I said, Heather's supposed to go, if she goes to Saskatchewan, uh, as much as I would like to leave my 16 to my 17 year old to their own devices for the weekend and watch their 12 year old sister, somebody would wind up in prison. Probably me. They'd wind up. Probably you. At least one of them would wind up hospitalized or dead and I'd wind up in prison. So I'm so pissed. I wanted to go so bad. I mean, like, I, I, you know, you go, I'm going up to Minnesota, hang out with all my friends up there. The Minnesota boys get to see the skull bros, get to hang out with Ryan um, I've been painting this 1,500 points of pure Primaris Army. I've only spent a couple of weeks on it. you know. Now, granted, it's ultramarine, so I primed them blue. But I went in, and uh, now I am trying something with this army that I never do. And that is, I primed it. I, uh, you know, I base coated it. I washed it, and I am dry brushing it. And I mean, like, I am dry... Br- like, I'm not even worried about if it's a little chalky in parts i'm just like this is going to get done and it's going to be table standard and i am good with that like my ocd like i struggle with the with the chalky parts at times you know that's one of the reasons i don't do too much dry brush or i'm trying to you know my ocd kicks in and it's like oh no i gotta fix this i gotta fix this so it's been um i've been working not only with just Getting it to just a twist table standard as fast as possible, but not worrying about the little things. Like I'm just trying to do table standard. I don't play 40k enough. I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not something I'm going that I'm trying to, you know, I'm getting this done and then going back to. I finished. I spent a whole summer on one model with Nagash. Now I'm going to try to do the rest of his army, all that undead. I'm going to start painting and try to keep it up to a good standard like that. Same technique, same color schemes. 1,500 points of Marine. 33 guys, a, a Dreadnought, uh, and a Repulsor. 
and uh, I'm kind of doing it in some sub-assemblies, so at least everything's painted all the way through, so it doesn't look too tacky. Sure. But, man, it's just blue. And I, I Oh, I bought that uh, that dry brush paint. The the one blue that they were that uh, the, oh yeah yeah and it's the blue that it was suggested in the if you use the the Citadel Paint app I literally scrolled down to the Ultramarine mm-hmm. and then hit Ultramarine blue and then hit the dry brush instead of the layer and that stuff is a little weird it's a little wonky but man I'm just boop 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 get it on the brush ship 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 and then uh, uh, just all the edges on the on the on the things just. Edges, edges, edges. If it if it hits a little off the edges, especially on the, some of the round parts on the Space Marines, it gets a little bit of a highlight. Good, go with it. We're done. We're going. I'm I'm content because <laughs> now I can play with it and it's painted. And that's right. a, I just I I'm trying not to put gray plastic on the table if I can avoid it because once again, even if I'm just playing 40k, I'm playing against Chris Yu, who is airbrushed and he, that's like that's like his primary game right now. Like he plays that with his boys all the time, you know. <laughs> so. He's sitting, he's airbrushing, and his stuff is like, you know, his stuff is like, you know, paint nomination stuff. Like, I can't be bringing gray plastic. That's that. That's just like a kick in the ding-ding to, to him at that, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like, you know, this it's not it's not terrible. It's not super sloppy, but it's just, it's quick, it's fast, it's done. Um, I, I can't do the slow layering. I just can't do layering and, and that sort of uh, accurate clean clean job quickly mm-hmm. so but i'm happy like i said i'm just a couple weeks i'm just about done you know um mm-hmm. it's uh that i just gotta put some decals on it and i'm good to go so that's what i've been doing i'm kind of loving the freedom of the feeling it's like i said it's it it's uh sometimes it's nice to wrestle your ocd into submission <laughs> <laughs> just be like, no, I'm going to do this. And so that's what I've been doing. Cool. So you've been doing any uh, any gaming? Yeah, I was just at a tournament this last weekend. Um, just a quick little one-day 1K uh, up at Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. Oh, Great that, store. Yeah, that place is cool. Yeah. Um, so it was run by Zach Cachetta. Um, so he's done a, like a monthly tournament or something um, there every year. Or there every month, I should say. And I brought uh, the Deepkin out for their first tournament. Uh, I've got I've got a thousand points painted. Uh, went three and one. Nice. So that wasn't terrible. I got second overall and my first first best painting win. Nice. Congratulations. Out of like ten people. Blank. Hey, hey. You were you won. That's yeah. No, I'll take it. Um. So, and then for, because I've had some people ask what I took, because I just played with what I had painted. Uh, so I took Voltornis, because he was done. I took a Tidecaster with the Realm of Life artifact that lets the mate, the guy heal a model within six inches of wound. Uh-huh. Um, and I put Riptide, or uh, not Riptide, uh, Steatotides on her with the intention that she was going to fly around and put wounds back on Voltornis or to put wounds back on the eels. And that just never happened. It just never worked out that way. Wow. Um, and then I took 10 thralls, uh, three Ishlands, so that's the shield and sword, and then six Morsar eels. Um, so those are the spear ones. And yeah, I can understand why people like Voltornis. 
uh, I hit, I was playing against, uh, Kyle Knapp. Um, he's at minimum pants on Twitter, um, doing his night haunt. And he had a unit of 20 Grim Gas Reapers pop out of the ground, playing three places arcane power. And he had another unit of 20 Baron down on me. Um, I sent t- turn two. I went second in turn two. I sent the six Morsars into his 20 pack that had Inferno blades on them. So they're two damage a swing oh God. on Grim Gas Reapers. It's like, nope, this isn't okay. So I s- set off the lightning, did a ton of damage on the charge. Um, and then I got the top of three with Hide Tide, tripled up Voltarnus's command ability, and sent them into the other 20 and just lit them up. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, it was, I, even with the four up save and the six up behind it for the characters, it was still like, this is stupid. I kind of like it, but it's stupid. Um, so no, it was fun to play. I don't know if I would take Voltornis all the time, but I can understand why people like it. Um, <laughs> so no, that was a good day of gaming and getting the painting nom, I think more than anything, uh, it was a little bit of validation for me because I've been trying to put a lot of effort into the deep kin to make them look better than the normal dreck I put out on the table. Um, so it was nice to get a little bit of reward on that. Yeah, dude. Hey, hardware is hardware, but to get best painted, like I said, I've, I, I've won a one day. Uh, I came in best I ever done was third on a, on a two day, which was your tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Never, uh, I've gotten I've gotten best sports at smaller things. Never, never even gotten a best painted nom. It's the one thing I've never even gotten close to. So that would be, that's amazing. Like that, that's the that's that's and that's kind of the hard one to get. You can you can be a good sport. Like even if you're a jerk in real life, you can go in and 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 learn to fake it. You know, yeah. And you can win a tournament if you play well enough. But that best painted, that's that's like the hard one to get. Yeah, so, so the only thing congrats. I'm missing now... Yeah, thank you. The only thing I'm missing now is an overall of a two-day. Um, Look like at you. That's, that's the last one that I would really like to get, but I don't know. I don't play filthy enough for that, but we'll, well Maybe see. one year you should. Maybe one year you should. Yeah, I don't know about that one. But anyway, how about you? What you been up to gaming-wise? Ugh, um, so I've been... Well, I've been trying to get in some more AOS games, but I've been... Basically, I've been painting, and then Barnett's been coming over and playing Netrunner with Harrison. But then we've got in a little bit. We um, we had Brandon over. We had a paint night. We had a big game of Ascension again. We had another big game of uh, Ascension. Um, we've been playing some other stuff. And uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, we've actually been playing a lot of stupid Warhammer Champions because it's easy to do online, and I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I've been doing. In fact, we've been going to do this episode. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to play a little more champions, get a little more experience in it so we can talk about it. So that's that's it for me. Yeah. So that's uh, that's gaming. You got any other? Um, the only thing, uh, Carrie finished uh, Sneaky Pete Season 1. Okay. Uh, Tuesday night. Really good show. And then uh, we watched Atomic Blonde last night. Uh, we've never watched it. Um, what we, did you think? I liked it. 
but I also kept up with it. Carrie doesn't like movies that jump around a lot. Ah. So, and that movie jumps around quite a bit, and you don't know who's on first with that movie. Right. Um, I thought it was really well done. I really like Charlize, just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she's got a lot of talent. Uh, just She's a chameleon. She really is. She moves between oh, roles. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I didn't think much of her until Monster, which is kind of like, I think, her breakout, and then... She kind of went from there, but then you do stuff like Mad Max and Atomic Blonde um, and a bunch of other stuff. So she just does so much. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I, and that's I saw that uh, Harrison and I went opening weekend for that. We were excited. Now I I had beef with it because it was promoted. Uh, it looked more like John Wick than James Bond. Mm-hmm. Like I just said that Harrison already knows. Like he's nodding. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um. Parts of that movie were amazing. Parts of that movie got a little slow. Like, I liked it. I didn't love it. But I do own it like because we've watched it several times because especially that super long, dragged-out fight sequence in that hotel that goes over a couple of floors. Yeah, it's a stairwell. Insane. It's mm-hmm. insane. Like, and, and, and I, I mean... You can see they were trying to do like a female James Bond type thing, and there's the spy stuff going on, and there's some really cool stuff. I like the background, the setting, um, but the way she makes up for her size with her fighting style and stuff like that, um, it's just great. Like there, I really had a lot of fun with it. Like you said, there's parts where it sort of drifted off. What's her name? The girl from the Mummy and and from the the the. The first Kingsman movie, the girl with the with the sword feet. Um, oh yeah, yeah, like that sort of meandered off in a way it, it didn't need to. Made the movie a little longer than it needed to be, kind of. Um, but God, there was some really great stuff in that film. Plus, I just liked I liked the time and the setting and where they put it because I haven't seen a movie where they sort of put it all around that and the intrigue and the stuff going on around that. So I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. So I have to agree with you. That was pretty cool. Anything else? No, not really. Um, my only other is my brother-in-law. We went out for uh, my daughter's birthday, and my brother-in-law was there. And he's like, "What do you mean you don't watch? It's always sunny, or it's it, it's yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's always sunny. It's in always sunny in Philadelphia." And I'm like, "I just never watched it. Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, I heard it's funny, but I, you know, I." That there's a bajillion shows on TV and and on cable and stuff, and he's like, "No, dude, you seriously?" He's like, "What is wrong with you? You have to watch it." So we were sitting here, and it's on Hulu. So I was like, "All right, I'll just put it on, see what it's about." Oh my gosh, that show! Uh, I'm 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 just about done with season three, and it's been like a week because I just put it on while I'm painting. That show's insane. That show is yeah. brilliant and awful and horrible. Um, I know I'm late to the party because like season 13 is starting up this week, but man, it's like friends. If instead of the coffee shop, they're always at a bar and if they're, they were just far more horrible people like these people give the Seinfeld people run for their money and how horrible they are. But this show is, oh, I, uh, the, uh, I'm just, I am pleased with this. Like, I'm like, 
something to watch now that's different that I could do because it's so good. And plus, Big Brother's over next week, so I need something to fill the time. So, Sure. And that's it. Yeah, that, that's enough. Yeah. So that's it for the toolbox. Uh, look at that. 15 minutes. I need to do 15 minutes on the toolbox and stuff. Um, now, uh, I did want to say... Um, that now I know the Beastman book is coming out next, or right around the time this is going to be released. Looking forward to that. Called it. Saw that giant, that giant, uh, that giant bull. I said, "Not, nah, not. Nah, they're not moving Chaos Dwarfs from Forge World." So I like that. Um, and then uh, Night Vault is coming out. Yeah, the new season of Warhammer Underworlds, and they just released the pictures. Like for the box art uh-huh. of the other six warbands, and oh boy, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Like that, where did the, is that on Community? It was on Community. Um, I'll so have to look there's at it. six more. Um, there's a Sylvaneth, a Caradron Overlords, a Slaves to Darkness, like barbarian looking type. Nice. Um, a Zinch. With like a sorcerer guy with one eye in his hand, something like that. Okay. Looks very much uh what's his name? Uh from Pan's Labyrinth. Oh okay. the eyes in his hands. Right. Um and or like then a gaunt, somewhat like a gaunt summoner. Okay. Something like that. Um and then a moon clan and some sort of Trogoth. Oh that I did see. So we've that seen the so Trogoth, the model. Um but the rest of it uh, I don't know how they're doing a singular trog as a warband in Shades by in uh, Underworlds, but you know what? I want to find out. Well, that trog, and I didn't see the picture. He's part of a warband with a couple of grots, right? No, he's it's just him, one trog. It's him and a it's him. What looks like the bat squig and two other little critters. Well, so you're not, you're not, oh, that's not like a warband. That's just a bunch of beasties that are caught in the place, it sounds like. Maybe, um, but they said it's a warband. But you know what and, I'm saying? Like, it's still a warband for the game, but it not, doesn't seem like that in the, in, the, in the traditional sense of they're out there looking for stuff because yeah. those things don't think that way. Oh, wow, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, and the Moon Clan one has a fanatic, and there's a squig on it. So, see, I'm excited for that. And the card set, the new card set, is going to be expansive. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, Look at you know, GW's always finding a new way to take my money. So, all right, so that I had to sidetrack because I am very excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. I don't get nearly enough games in around here. But I know Nick's coming by, and he likes to play. I got him playing it. Barnett plays. Harrison has seen it played, and uh, Shadespire and he, or Warhammer Underworld. Sorry, let's call it what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he's kind of, uh, he's kind of, you know, he's interested enough where he watches us play where he'd play. So I'm hoping to get more of that going on around here too, because I've got to push everything towards GW stuff, so that way I'm happy. So, all right. Um, Wow, we've already had a break, but let's do another. Let's just do it because that's what we do. It's break time after the toolbox. We may have to rethink mm-hmm. this. Maybe. So, uh, look at these adjustments. 
So we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk Warhammer Champions, which is the new card game, and it's awesome, and you should be playing it. And if you're not playing it now, pause it, go buy a couple of starter decks, and come back and flip through your cards and scan them into the app while we're talking. Or even just download the app. Yeah, download the app at the very least, because you can play a couple of games and and, and at least get your starter decks. uh, You can just win them from winning games, and... uh, And you can at least get started that way. So it'll be super fun. We'll be back. Okay, listeners, what's the number one rule of hobby gaming? Okay, well, the number one rule of hobby gaming is don't buy more models than you can paint, but we all break that rule constantly. So what's the real number one rule of hobby gaming? Support your friendly local gaming store. And my friendly local gaming store is Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. No, not that Wakanda. And no, not that Lindsay. So why Lindsay's Gamer Garrison? What do they have to offer? First, they carry everything Games Workshop. 40K, AOS, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Kill Team, all the paint line. They even have Black Library books. They offer special discounts every day. And if you do go in there and there's something out of stock, special order discounts that you won't believe. After you buy all your models, feel free to stay and paint them at their fully stocked, totally free-to-use painting station. And then, once your army's ready, sign up for one of Lindsay's monthly tournaments. That's right, they have a local one-day event every single month, alternating between 40K and AOS. And that's still not all. Monday is Build and Paint Day. Come in on Monday, work on your latest project, you get a raffle ticket. Come in and play Warhammer on Saturday, get a raffle ticket. Now, what's the raffle? Every month, two winners receive a $50 gift card to use on GW products just for coming in and playing and painting and being part of the community. And that's not even all you get for coming in and being a part of the community. Come in for that Saturday gaming where you get a raffle ticket. You also earn a Lindsay's Gamer Token. And when you have eight tokens, you can turn them in and get free entry into one of the tournaments that I just mentioned earlier. And that's why I love Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. Fully stocked with all the GW product you could want, and they're doing their best to reward you for being part of the gaming community. What more could you ask for? A place to play, a place to build, a place to paint, a place to hang out, and a place that rewards you for being there. Folks, if you're looking for one place that will satisfy all your hobby needs, you have to come and see Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Back, 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 back. Darn right we're back. And we are here talking about Warhammer Champions. Yes. All right. Um, Warhammer Champions is, uh, it was released at Gen Con, and I did not get into it. I was watching the guys, Kevin and the guys from Six Squared Studios, buying in heavily. 
I was tempted. I was going to buy in. I should have at least bought the stupid mat because I yeah. knew I'd want to get it in eventually. Uh, they sold out of the mats like the, the like after the first day. So I went back the second. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to buy the mat. That's exclusive. If I do get into the game, I've got it. If not, I could give it away as a prize or something like that. And they totally sold out. So I'm annoyed now because I got home. Now, they had emailed me right before Gen Con. And they're like, hey, you know, you're interested. We, you know, we can send you a sample. And I'm, they're like, what, what are you interested? What, what, you know, what would you like to play? And I'm like, dude, anything. You know, if you're going to send me a sample, anything. So we go to Gen Con. I don't get the mat. I don't get the game. The, the six squared guys have bought all four of the of the little starter decks. You know, one for order, mm-hmm. destruction, death, and, and uh, chaos. Um, they each got at least one box of boosters, maybe two each. I don't remember. And so they're all in, right? And I'm like, I got them. You know, is that this is something I don't know if I want to get. So we get home from Gen Con on Sunday afternoon. We're unpacking, and then I'm going through the mail, and there's a box, and it's like, it's not like one of those brown boxes that you get sent like from a company. This is like they had sent me up something, and and, and I'm like, who sent me something? And I open it up. And it's all four starter decks and a box of boosters. Yeah, so those are the campaign decks, right? You yeah, what they call them. Yeah, the camp. And so I was just like, oh wow, thank you guys, right? Like, and so then I was going through it, and I played a couple of games with Barnett, and then I'm like, oh, I should support them. So I ran out and bought a box of boosters because mm-hmm. you know, of course I did. <laughs> and uh, oh, this game is awesome. Like I don't. I played okay. I played Magic like I think it was the s- third series of cards that came out mm-hmm. was when my friends got into it and got me playing it, and we played for years. Um, and we stopped playing when you'd go buy a box of boosters when the when a new series would come out. You'd buy a whole box of boosters. We used to get like maybe missing a card, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when a box of boosters came out, we were missing twenty, thirty cards. We're like, that's it. We're done. We're not playing this anymore. And I haven't played a collectible card game since. Yeah. And I'm telling you, after that box of boosters, I mean, there's uh, like, I think, what, 200 some odd cards in this series? And I was missing a good 40 cards. Yeah, I'm missing quite a few, too. uh, Um, I may have. um, um, Okay, if they're they're not too hard to find. If I've got extras, you can have some. Because, I mean, I got certain cards I got a dozen of. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Yeah, I've been. I, I fell in a rabbit hole, man. I fell hard. Uh, this game is different, and it's, it's. I'm, I'm, I'm just having so much fun playing it. Like, and I can play it online on my phone. So, like, I, like when I'm at on break at lunch, at lunch at work, and I'm being antisocial and not talking to anybody else, I can sit and get a couple of games in online with anybody who's playing. And that's the cool thing because I can literally play with the guys from Six Squared in Canada. Like, yeah, you can play with. Anybody, and even if it's just somebody you don't know, oh yeah, um, you can queue into the what. We should probably break down the app, right, um, and how that works. Or do you want to break the game down first? Uh, well, let's talk about the game first, the actual card game, since that's what came out. And yeah. Then, because the app is not all that much different, other than the fact that you can do a lot of it on in the app. So. Yeah. Um. So. I was really leery about getting into this because I'm used to the idea of magic where you need um, so many of every card and you need a lot of every card, like four and then lands. 
Um, and then this, that, and the other thing. And it always seemed like if you had a bucket of the rare cards, you were doing really well. Um, I haven't had that experience with champions. Um, it definitely seems like this is an easier game to get into than magic. It doesn't have the crazy resource management like magic does. Um, no, Christopher and I had got the game down pretty solid by our second game. Yeah. And then it just um, became a question of getting used to your decks, like what you had mm-hmm. in your deck. Yeah, and I think the closest equivalent you can draw to this is like Hearthstone, I think is what the name of that game is. Never played um, it. Yeah. From what I've heard from other people, it sounds like Hearthstone is the closest thing. So if you've played Hearthstone and you like it, um, from what we understand, this is pretty close to Hearthstone for Age of Sigmar. Um, so essentially what you're doing is you pick your Grand Alliance. So it would be Order of Chaos, Death and Destruction. And then you pick four champions. And the champions, there's an internal balance to them. Anybody that is labeled with a U on their card, so like Vandas, Hammerhand, uh, Gordrak. Name yeah, characters. Yeah, uniques. You can't have more than one in your set of champions. Um, and they all have a green cost associated with them. So like Gordrak is 12 points, I believe. Right. And you have a total of 20 to spend on champions. Right. Um, so you have to, if you take a really big character, you're not going to be taking a lot of bigger champions to support them. Right. Um, or you can take a bunch of middling ones. There's like a lot to, of different strategies. I'd like that. to back up just uh, a yeah. bit, if we don't mind, because before yeah. we start getting into minutia. Sure. Um, I'd like to just talk about some of the real more basic ideas in the game. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. Now, your decks are 38 cards, which is great. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. it, it keeps it simple. You're going to have... Four champions, so you're going to have four heroes, four characters, four whatever you want to call them, but they're the champions. You're going to have four things that are called blessings, um, and they are special bonuses that your characters can get if they actually play to the lore of that character, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, And then you have 30 other cards mixed up between units, spells, and abilities. Okay? Um, Units are mostly, you know, just like in the game, there are different units. Um, I've been playing a lot of death armies, so you'll have, you know, um, uh, you'll have the skeletons, and you'll have, uh, you know, um, terror geists, and you can have all sorts of all the different units that you play in the game. Uh, you know, that would associate with, from, for that for that uh, grand alliance. Uh, spells are obviously spells um, that you can that your characters who are wizards can can cast because you either have warriors or wizards or warrior wizards. And then you have abilities, which are cards that uh, you can just sort of that just play out quick and have quick little effects um, that can usually be played by either warriors or wizards. Um, and that's your basic setup. Now, what I've noticed is all the decks, at least on the app, because I was you know it's 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 easier to notice the things on the app because it's all laid out for you and you're not just fumbling through your two hundred cards. Mm-hmm. Seems to be a deck. All the decks they build have like 13 units, 7 spells, and uh, 10, um, abilities. 10 abilities. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's your 30, there's your 30 card deck. So there's, there's a bit of a, you know, like a, that seems to be the, the sweet spot for balance for most decks. Uh, if you're inexperienced, 
Um, or if you've just been playing the um, what the faction? What did you call it? The faction deck? Or campaign the, decks. The campaign decks for you know the the basic starter decks. Um, that seems to be how they're broken down. So once you start building your own, if you're not certain what you're doing, that's that seems to be a decent mix. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's that's your basic deck. Thirty-eight cards. It it it's quick and it's simple. Now, Alex, you were talking about the champion cards. Yeah. Um, and we both talked a little bit about it. Now, your champions are either warriors or wizards, or as we said, you can have some that are wizard warriors. Only wizards can cast spells, and um, only warriors can deploy units. There right. are a couple of exceptions. Right, um, but as a general, right. And if there if there are exceptions, they'll state it on their card. Now, a lot of these characters have uh, will have a special. There'll be some text that gives them a specific special ability, um, and that's that's usually based on their cost. Uh, you were talking, Alex, about how the you can, you 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 have to pick twenty points worth of care up to twenty points worth of characters. Mm-hmm. So you can't exceed that, and that keeps you from getting getting too over the top. Yeah. Um, like you said, for example, I've got here it's a Liberator Prime in the in the campaign deck for Order. He's one point. A Knight Heralder is four. A Lord Relictor is six, and then Vandis Hammerhand is six. So you're literally starting off with about a uh, we got a seventeen points here. Yeah. Um, if, as you said, if they're named, they got a U on it. It's unique. You want to play it. Now, the first thing that, that I caught that I thought was interesting is you start off with 30, like, hit points. Okay? When you 30 lose, health. Yeah. 30 health, yeah. If the, the object of the game is to get your opponent to zero health. Okay? So you start off with 30 health. But your champions, next to the number of their, their value, their point value, is another circle with another number. And sometimes it's zero. But sometimes it's positive and other times it's negative. And mm-hmm. you add or subtract that from your 30 hit points. So, or your your health. Um, to a maximum, I think, of 35. You can't go above 35, if I remember correctly. But so, like, my particular setup here, I'm actually at 32. Um, so you, you you don't always start off at the same health because depending on some of the characters you pick, you might be a little healthier or might be a little less. I have noticed that all of the vampires are at minus one. Yeah, most of the wizards in this game will inflict a minus one penalty. Yeah, to, to your health. Yeah, I've um, noticed that across the board. For the most part, they're all at least a minus one. Right, but then other characters that give you give you a little health. Vanda's Hammerhand is a two, he's a plus two. So yeah, there's and it just depends on how you build them. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the thing with this game is that there's so many combinations of champions, which then influences the different combinations you have in your decks. Um, as far as actions, abilities that spread out. So I don't think there's like one particular build. I mean, the game is really new. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of different ways to play this game using the same cards just by changing your champions. Yeah. Now, I went to the Warhammer Champions website, you know, that you can go through it through their app as well, and it'll lead to the website. And they have a forum, and they have forums for each of the camp, you know, for each of the Grand Alliances. And there do seem to be certain little little decks that are forming, little 
you know, decks or they're arguing over which is, you know, you know, of course, it's the internet. You're arguing about the, what the power deck is. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few cards that are really cool and some guys that are really good. Um, but yeah, you can sort of play however you, you want to play. Um, there's, there's, there is a, a wide variety among all the cards. Uh, and that's one of the things you want to find is much like regular Age of Sigmar, you want to try to find the synergies. Mm-hmm. Um, different characters will have different abilities and they'll have different things on their on their cards that allow them to, when this happens, you could do this, or this guy can do that, or if this happens, deal out three damage. Um, I know with my death uh, deck that I built... Um, you know, if the the guys the guys next to this hero, if they have a special ability on their own card, not a unit or a spell they they play, but their own card can deal some damage, then uh, then they deal extra damage because they got this guy next to them. So mm-hmm. suddenly I'm like, oh, find a guy who does that. Oh, okay, now I got a guy. So that I started playing with looking at that. Like I said, oh, you can you can lose yourself in in this right here. This is. This reminds you of my old list building back in 7th and 8th edition where you're sitting there and, and counting each little point and buying this special weapon and adjusting for this, that, and the other and adding in you know, each model and counting up your points. I started falling down that with the different characters and their synergies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you got your four characters, and we'll get into how the mechanics of it work in a bit, but then you also have your four blessings. And this is pretty cool. Do you want to talk about the blessings a little bit, Alex? So, well, to get to the the blessings um, are randomly placed on the board. Like you have four columns, and you randomly place a blessing face down. You don't know what it is. Well, you know, um, I mean, you you pick the four blessings and you put them yeah, in your but you don't deck. know which one it is. Right. Um, I use the wrong vernacular there, so you don't know which blessing it is. And with each of the cards, there's um. Each one of them has a corner because it's a card. Um, and as you put different cards down in front of them or do certain things, you complete their quest by like rotating them and completing the next step in line. So, so whatever's on the upper left-hand corner, as you twist the card, um, that's what you have to do next. And once you get your character to spin all the way around, complete all four parts, the blessing is activated, which can be an immediate ability, like an automatic six damage to your opponent, or you can heal health, or it can be something that stays on the table or stays on the playing field and affects the game for the rest of the game. It may have a timer on it, like rotation, like all the cards do. Um, and you can build each one of these to how your deck plays, but you may not activate them in the same order, um, in the same time with the same champion because it's randomly placed face down. So you have to, there's a strategy there to figure out which ones you like, which ones complement your deck, but you can't depend on getting it. Right. These are complete bonuses and they're kind of hard to get. I have found myself trying to play to earn them because getting them oftentimes will really boost up your gameplay. Yeah. Because they are really powerful bonuses to your game. But as you said, you've got to earn them. And this is where you start to get into sort of, and I suppose we ought to step now into sort of how gameplay works. Yeah. And for people's reference, each one of the blessings are unique. So your deck cannot have more than one of the same blessing. Right. 
And then for the champions, you cannot have more than two of the same champions. You cannot do four Liberator Primes in a deck, for instance. It can't. You can't have more than two. Well, you can't have more than two of any card at mm-hmm. all, right? No, champions, it's no more than two. Right. Individual cards, no more than three. Oh, three. That's right. That's deck. right. That's right. That's right. Sorry. Oh, I may have to make some adjustments to my deck. I was only, I was limiting myself to two. I am a doofus. Oh, that's going to change things. I might, oh, that might power up my deck a little better. Okay. So, um, all right. So the game is that now it comes with a little paper mat and you kind of need it because it kind of divide. You don't have to have it. Once you get used to the game, you don't need it, but it's nice to have it. Um, each mat, your 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 board or your part of the board is, is divided up into like four lanes, right? You've got these four areas, right? Um, and I'm just calling them lanes because you know they're it 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 paints sort of the right image in your head. And your mm-hmm. four and the opponent's four are all you know they're lined up in front of each other. And like you said, you're going to pick your blessings, shuffle them up, and put one in each lane face down. You don't know what's where. And then you're going to take turns laying out your champions. Um, and it goes in that pattern where whoever goes first, I'm going to place one. And then my opponent is going to place two. So he's going to put down one for mine and then one extra. you know. And then I'm going to place two. So one for match his and then one extra. He's going to place his last two. So it's like I place, you place two, I place two, you place two, and then I place my fourth. It's... It's just a little, you know. It's not just one to one placing down. There's strategy to it because certain things are lining up. Um, I know I've got cards that say, "Oh, you know," or I've got a guy. Oh, you just placed a guy who says his special rule is he can smash the units across from you. Oh, I'll put a wizard there, so I'll never call. I'll never call up a unit from that guy, and then his his ability is useless. You know, right. Little things like that start coming up as you're as you're placing across from each other, because what who's across from you matters in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when you look on your character special card, they'll have either a little uh, they'll have the boxes and they'll either have green boxes, which are, means the guys on your side, or red boxes, which are the guys who are on the enemy side. So if you get a little picture on the bottom. And there's like a couple, a red box over a white box. That white box is you, and boom, the little red box across from it means okay, it's the guy directly across from you that whatever these rules are affects. I don't know if I'm explaining it that great, but once you see the card, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll probably put a pictures of a couple of the cards up on the on the on the web page for the you know for the show image, and maybe try to put a couple in the show notes. Um. So that people can see what they are, but like here, I'm just I'm just I'm fumbling through my cards here. Uh, one of my units is the Disruptive Liberator, and it says you damage your opponent. The highlighted champion cannot deploy units, and there's a little box, a white box with my guy, and right across it is one red box. So the guy right across from me, that champion, while I have this unit out in front of my champion, the champion opposite can't put out any units. Which, if I'm across from a wizard who can't put out units anyway. You can see how putting it there would, I mean, it'd still do his damage and do what he does, but it's not as useful. So all these little things are coming into play. So now I've got my four characters laid out. You've got your four characters laid out. Their blessings are underneath them. And then we get into gameplay. Um, is this making sense so far? Are we, am I being, are we, do you think we're being clear? I'm trying to be. There's a lot to this game. Um yeah. 
And it's different from every other card game um, in a lot of how it's set up with the mechanics, with how everything is. And realistically, like, once you hear our shoddy explanation... Yeah, go online and look the for app something. Yeah. And watch a video or go through the app. The app's free. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the app. Dude, seriously, you want the app. Even if you like the game... You're gonna want it because it's just another way to play this, like all the time when you're not supposed when you're supposed to be, you know, I don't know, working, um, you know, at, you know, supposed to paying attention at church, at a business meeting, teaching your kids to read, you know, things you should be doing. You could be doing this instead. So, um, now, gameplay is actually relatively simple. Okay, you've got your four characters. Let's say it's uh, Alex's turn. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, whoever takes the first turn gets four cards. The opponent gets five. So you draw four cards off your deck. I'm drawing five off of mine. I got my cards in front of me. Um, as we said, you've got abilities, spells, or units. And what you do is you have two actions. You could, you've got two actions. So, you know, you can play a unit in front of a character, and sometimes your character's special rules will talk about what, the unit can do the unit itself might have special rules but you basically have two actions and before we get into some of the the minutia of how these things work um unlike other card games where i draw some cards and then i play some cards i have my two actions if i lay down a unit here and then play a spell there then i'm done my two actions are done and my turn's over now should i be out of cards or be really low on cards, I could only take one action or take no actions. And then when my turn's over, if I have taken, if I haven't taken my actions, I can draw a card for each action I didn't take. Right. So there are times in the game where I'm just like, nope, draw two cards. I'm not taking any actions. Mm-hmm. And then my opponent gets a double turn basically because I'm not doing that much to him. Um, Actually, that's not even really true because of how the cards work. No. So, um, do you want to try to explain to them how the cards work? Okay. So, with the cards, you place them down in front of your champion. Um, And some of them are instantaneous, which are like the abilities. They'll only last, once you've used them, they're off the table. Uh, The rest of them, so this is spells and units, uh, they all have symbols on their corners and it's either a smooth corner or a clunky corner is how they describe it. Yeah, um, one so is smooth... almost like an arch with a flat bottom and an arch and then the other one yeah, is a circle. That's a clunky and then the smooth corner is a circle. Um and Let's when you just place focus the on the smooth for now. Yeah, smooth is easier. Um so you place the card with the normal way picture facing you um like the text normal, this yeah. way you read it. Like you normally play a magic card. Um, and then at the start of your next turn, it will turn to the left. So the, the card, card rotates will rotate. counterclockwise. Yeah. Yeah. It'll rotate counterclockwise. And for units, um, they may do damage as they turn, um, or they may prevent damage, spells. Like Arcane Bolt, it turns. For the first two turns that's on the table, it doesn't do anything. But when it turns its third corner, it does seven damage. So you're, like, prepping the spell to be cast. Right. 
um, is the way I look at it. There are a couple of things that uh, there's one card in particular that I'm thinking of called uh, Sanction. It's a spell from the order where the champion in front of you and then on either side of that champion, those champions cannot play spells while the first two corners are active. But once you turn the third corner, you do three damage to the to your opponent. Right. So they, each one of the corners matters, but they keep rotating. And once you turn to an empty corner or a corner you've already gone to, you remove the card from play and it goes to your discard pile. Right. So you can have anywhere from one to four circles in your in up to your you know, you might only have one corner. It might only have that, that one turn effect. Some <clears throat> may have all four. So you know when you play the card in front of that champion, you know how many turns he's gonna have a card in front of him. So like you can't play something else in front of him either. Um mm-hmm. you know, like you said, when you play Arcane Bolt I play it now, it's going to be there for two more turns before it has its big effect, and then I, and then you take it off at the beginning of your turn. So yeah. when you play a card, whatever's in that first corner happens right away. So some cards automatically do something. Some don't. Like they have either nothing in there because they do, they don't, they, they're, they're a value of zero. Uh, some have a literally value of zero. Some have an X, and if it's an X, it's like there's, you, you do nothing. There's not even adjustments. But... <laughs> You know, I start off, there's nothing on my deck. I play out some cards. Now, let's say we get a, like, let's say we're at turn two so that we've got some cards in front of us. So now it's my turn. And last turn I had laid some cards out, okay? So before I do anything, all of my cards above my characters rotate. And you say you turn them, you turn it to the next side. You turn it, you know, 90 degrees counterclockwise. Excuse me, all the cards. Uh, and then you resolve all the cards. So even if I'm not going to play any cards this turn, I might be doing a bunch of things this turn. My guys might be doing damage. Or sometimes you turn it and it says, heal that many points. So now I'm healing. Um, as Alex or draw said, that many cards or whatever. Yeah. Now, if the card goes all rotates, like Alex said, if it ro- if you've got four circles, you've got four symbols once you turn it to that where it's back to its original starting position, then the card goes away. Um, if you turn it and like let's say let's say it's only got two circles, you got to start the top left corner. My next turn, boom, rotate it ninety degrees. The second circle, boom, my next turn, rotate it. There's no circle there, boom, it's gone. You take it; it comes off the table. Mm-hmm. So nothing is permanent except the blessings. Some of them are. Well, yeah, the bless. Yeah, but I'm saying none of the none of the units or the things you're actively playing, the spells, the abilities, none of this stuff stays. Yeah, right. they do have a life expectancy, right? Which is kind of cool. Some of the guys, soon the units die. Some of the spells have their effect and go away. Some other things might happen. So you're constantly sort of playing out things, but you're also you also have to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, because I placed this. I I placed this this spell and the first turn it doesn't do anything but the next turn it will um, not only do I have to wait for that to take effect and it's going to take a couple of turns to build up to this and sometimes usually the longer it takes to build up the better the payoff is Yeah, but there are cards that say remove a unit or remove a spell you know um, I've got mm-hmm. a charging a charging black knight I think it is yep. charging black knight when I play it if there's a unit across from me that unit goes away when it turns right 
Right. So I place it down, and now when it turns, when the charge happens, that unit's removed. So you've got a guy who's, you know, he does one damage, and then he does maybe one more damage, and then on that third turn, he's going to do four or five, and you're like, oh, this is awesome when I get there. Yeah, except you don't get there because I charge and I make you remove your cards. So there's a, there's a constant back and forth with what can I get off? Do I want do I throw out stuff that's cheap that's going to hit for just a point or two quickly? Um, do I try to throw out a quick spell or do I put something down that's going to build to something that's really going to slam my opponent? Or do you not do anything to draw up? Yeah, it's not something you can't. It's like, oh, I don't have any cards. But that doesn't matter because all three of my cards are rotating and they're all doing that. These two are doing damage. This one's giving me some health back. So I've got this moment where I've done enough to him this turn. I can draw some cards. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, there's all sorts of moving parts to this game. And once you get a, I mean, it's actually really simple. Once you get it, okay, you know, it's just like, okay, rotate all my cards, do what the cards say, remove the ones that are done, and then I get two actions. That's literally your whole turn. Rotate your yep. cards, do them. Do your two actions. If you do less than two actions, you get to draw cards for however many actions you didn't do. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, actually, it's it's really simple when you break it down to its basic elements. Where it gets complex, much like Warhammer, is what's on the cards, what the cards do, how they interact. Um, right. One of the cool things, and uh, have you been playing the Destruction deck? I have been playing almost nothing but the destruction deck. I've been I started off with Stormcast. I've been playing the death deck a lot. Um, there are cards that they have an ability called stacking. Mm-hmm. And what stacking is is I play the card, and um, you know it's going to rotate through and do its normal thing. But on other actions, I can play if it says stacking. I take it and I basically stick it underneath that top card. And you can stack up. You have a maximum of three cards in a stack. But you, uh, when, when you stack, that's extra units there. And they usually give some sort of a bonus to that top card. Uh, most of the things I've seen is adding one to whatever it does. Yeah, either preventing damage or dealing additional damage. Or, um, like, there's some that have different abilities depending on the stacking. And this is... The way I look at it in like terms of like visually conceptualize, conceptualizing it is that you're making the units bigger by incorporating them into like battalions sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and right now it's only primarily in death and destruction. Yeah, I haven't seen it in order and I haven't played or chaos. chaos. Um, why would you want to do that? Why stick a card under there for a one bonus when you can stick it somewhere else? Well, you only got four slots. Yeah. And there may be things going on. You got a guy who's rotating out for four. You know, I placed him now. By the way, when you place, whatever's in that top corner happens. So sometimes you place a guy and he does some damage, but he's got three more turns. And so he's going to be there for those three more turns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the turn you take him away, he goes away before you play cards. So your space will open up. But if I've got a couple of slots that are going to be taken up for four turns, what am I going to do? Just sit there and keep drawing cards? No, I can stack and start adding damage to what this guy does, or other, or like you said, or healing, or other whatever his bonuses are. That stacking mm-hmm. is really helpful. Um, so I, that's another strategy, another thing I can do to build up my cards and what I'm playing. Um, the now, um, I think we've basically explained almost everything that happens, and. 
you know, you keep playing and, and dealing damage, and when your opponent gets to zero health, the game's over. Or if you get to zero health, the game's over. Except yeah. then you lose. Yeah. Um, and then the difference between the corners, I think we should probably explain, because there's two types. There's the smooth corner, which means uh-huh. it rotates every turn. The clunky corners require something to happen for them to turn. Right. Now, before we get into that, because this is really sort of the last big part. Before, oh, you know what? Let's do, talk about this, because then when we come, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about the online version. Yes. Well, you know, okay, so I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, you, the clunky corners require something to happen. All of your characters' corners are clunky. Every character has four symbols in the corners. They've got four things that, that have to happen for their quest, and they're all clunky. And it has to happen in this order. Yeah. So it's not like you can just ping one, ping two, and then ping the fourth one, and then go back to the third. You have to do it in order. Right. So it doesn't you have, have to be think... like consecutive. Like, this thing happens, and then I could do a bunch of things that aren't the next step. But when I hit the next step, then it happens. There yeah, so there is the a sequencing portion to this game where you have to think ahead of how am I going to complete my champion's quest as fast as possible. Um, so, like, on the Celestin Prime, his last two uh-huh. are cast a spell and heal. So he can cast healing, or uh, was it, warding light, which is a when spell. it rotates out, it's a spell. And when it rotates out, it does four damage to your opponent, and you heal four damage. So that one card would satisfy two requirements for the Prime. Yeah, not all at once. Not all at once. Because when you lay the spell, then the spell part happens, and then once the healing happens later, then that 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 handles it. Right. So um, there are some where it's you have to deal damage, where you have to heal, play an ability, cast a spell, play a unit, or there's some where you have to play a particular kind of unit based on their symbols, whether it's an auric or a skeleton or a mordant or or a stormcast storm or a or a beast. Because yeah. like your uh, griff hounds and stuff count as beasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now this, I, I I know it sounds a little confusing right now the way we're explaining it, um, but picture it this way, okay? Once again, instead of a circle in all four corners, they've got a symbol in all four corners, and it's called clunky because it's not a perfect circle; it's got a straight part to it. Um, when you do that, thi- it's it, it, all you got to concentrate on is what's in the top left corner. That's honestly all that matters. I mean. Once you get understand the game, you can plan ahead and be like, "Well, what's the next corner?" Because that's what I have to do next. But like, uh, I play. I've been playing a death army, and my 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 deck. A lot of it is just play a unit, play a unit, do some damage, play a unit. You know. So, I've got uh, the skeleton warrior. Right, I play a unit in front of him. Boom. Well, the first thing in the top left corner was deploy a unit. So as soon as I deploy that unit, I rotate the card. 90 degrees counterclockwise. So I turn it from straight up and down to its side. Now there's a new symbol in the top left corner. So that's the next thing I have to do. Whenever I do it, whenever I get there. Um, like I said, with my guys, there's I have a, a couple of characters that are two or three summon a unit in a row. So now I've summoned this unit. So now i got to wait till that unit plays itself out and comes off the board to play another in front of him to rotate him again. And then you rotate them, and there's all sorts of things you can do. I find remove a card to be the biggest pain. Yes. 
because it doesn't just mean because you it it's not like in magic where you could focus either on your guy or focus on your like try to kill units. You don't kill units. You can't just be like, oh, I damaged him. Or if he runs his course and just gets to the blank and takes him off, that's not removing a unit. You have to you have to do yeah, it with a card that has a, ability. Yeah, and where the ability says remove a unit. So you've got to. I remember first thing I did once I realized characters could do that was. I'm scrolling through just looking for everything that says remove a unit. Is this useful? Because I may have to remove units, and I'd like to have as many cards that say that as possible so I'm not waiting for one or two cards in a 30-card deck to get that effect happening. So sometimes what your characters can do will affect your deck building. Yes. So, and as, as Alex, as you were saying... When I complete the first one, I rotate it. Once I've rotated it all four corners, I've done the required, you know, objective for all four corners. That last rotation puts him back straight up and down. And once he's there, he's completed his quest. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, you take that blessing that you have no idea what it is under your guy and flip it over. And now it's yours. Whatever that, whatever it does, now you have that for the game. And sometimes it's. I mean, there are some crazy blessings. Like you said, one of them is just straight up do six damage. That's pretty good on a 30, 30 point game. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the orb. Oh, the orb of immortality? Yeah. On the orb of immortality, whatever a card is going to do enough damage to kill you, you ignore it, and instead you just get back four health. And so it's not even you get down to zero and it kills you, get four health. If I got five health left and Alex throws out the the one, what's the spell? What's the the really, the one that does seven damage? Arcane Bolt. Arcane Bolt. So I've got six damage left. He throws an Arcane Bolt. It finally rotates. Boom, it would kill me. It doesn't do any damage at all, and I get four health back. So suddenly I'm, bump, I'm bumped up to ten. So that, that one's really quite helpful. Um <laughs> If you get in a jam. Uh, and that one just stays until that happens. Um, there are other things. Um, some of them actually have their own clunky things in the corner that, you know, certain things have to happen for it to rotate and get to the next thing. And if it's ro- once it rotates out, your blessing is exhausted and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, Like I said, I have found that if you can get a couple of those, it can really help swing the game. Yeah, there are some that are like automatic game winners, depending on what you have on the field. Uh, There's a destruction one called Smashing and Bashing, which is amazing. So it does five damage straight away, but then it rotates all of your units to their final corner, inflicting all the damage and all the bonuses as they roll through. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you you pull out a special ability that says... Sometimes you can do it. It says uh, rotate a card forward or rotate a card backward or rotate a card to its end. So let's say Alex has a, a, a card out that's he just placed it. So he just has it on its first corner. If it's got numbers in all four corners, each each spot on the rotation happens. Yeah. So suddenly it's like rotate to the last spot okay so i rotate boom the second spot do your damage third spot do your damage fourth spot do your damage that can be ridiculous yeah Um, and if you have i I like the ones that allow you to rotate them backwards like your own cards 
There's a couple that do that, yeah. Which are cool because if it's a really good card that does some serious damage, I can rotate backwards. And that backwards rotation, boom, what I hit does damage again. And then on the next turn, it starts rolling forward again. Um, So you're just basically getting to do more damage. Or if it's a unit that heals you. Mm-hmm. I roll it back, I get a little extra, and now I get more I get more points back for healing. So there's another bit of synergy with how you can rotate your uh you rotate your cards. Um and how that works. Um there's there's the more I play this, the more I see there's all the little subtlety. It's it's Honestly, it's it's so much like when we started playing Age of Sigmar, when it's like, oh, these rules are really simple. Well, yeah, but then you start getting into each unit's rules. And it starts to add up. Yeah. Um, and their FAQs have been very timely, just like uh, what Games Workshop has been mm-hmm. with their FAQs. So they've yes. made some adjustments already based on feedback. Um, and when we get to the app, um, the cards themselves live update as they FAQ it. In the app. Oh, yeah. What I, I, You know, we'll have to talk off the air because I have not seen what the changes have been, like, to the cards. Gore the track. FAQs. Um, once again, off the air, you can explain it to me. Because yeah. uh, I, I haven't even checked all that. I should probably check that and print it out. Yeah. So that I um, there's it. not a lot, but it's mostly Gordrak. <laughs> Is he that bad? Um, so on his card... Okay, so we should also explain what heroic acts are. Yes, that was the last um, thing we had to do. On some cards, mostly it's your champions, but also some of the units and spells have what are called heroic acts, which is you spend one of your actions to make the card rotate or do a special ability. You can only do one heroic act per turn, regardless of how many you have on the table. So Gordrax, and this is going to sound very familiar if you're familiar with what he does in the game of Age of Sigmar, his heroic act is you turn all of your units to their final corner once per game. So if you've flooded the field with greenskins, you hit Gordrak and you say, okay, guys, everybody go wah, and everybody turns all the way over, inflicting all of that damage along the way. That's brutal. And that's once per game. It was all of your units. They've now changed it to all of your auric units. Oh, so it's got to have auric in the in the Yes, the auric yeah. tag. Yeah. Okay. So now remember it's a with subtle the, change. Yeah, that, well that's a big change still. Yeah. Now, with the heroic acts, you can only do one per turn. And mm-hmm. like I said, the really good ones, um Nagash has got a really good one. Like he's got a regular heroic act that he can do. Um and the, basically what it is is it's so good that the game's like, this is really good. You need to actually spend one of your two actions if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got an undead thing. It's one of the it's one of the the crypt ghouls or the or the the bigger ones. I can't think of what it is. The Flayer Courtier? Maybe. Uh, is that the heroic act where I just do a damage to my opponent? Yep. Yeah. So, like, let's say I got a bunch of cards, nothing I can play, or I'm out of cards. I can just take my heroic act and say, okay, he's going to use his heroic act. So one action, boom, do a damage to opponent. I put him right next to my my ghoul king, who increases any of the character's special abilities by one. And so now I use my heroic act, and he's doing two damage. 
Mm-hmm. So get combo that up. Uh, a lot of heroic acts are good. That's why you can only do one per turn. But like you said with Gordrak, this is so good. It's a one per game. Like <laughs> you can't do it again. Um, but those heroic acts, you really got to pay attention to them because sometimes I forget about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to. Yeah, because you're looking at your cards and you're looking at all the things you can do and you need to, oh, I need to take my actions to draw or I need to take my actions to do this. And you're not thinking about just the wording on one text, which is like, oh, I'll take an action and do that do that little thing. Um, but it's there's some great, there are some great things in here. And that's, when it comes down to it, that's what's so much fun about this game is it plays out, it's got a narrative to it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can ignore what your character cards, but you can ignore the character quests. You can just play your cards, do your thing, and not worry about your characters getting through and getting um, and and getting those those boosters. You can just be like, you know what? I don't know which one I'm going to get. I'm not worried about my blessings. I just don't care. I'm just going to play my game. Or you can play it to that narrative, and it it actually is kind of more fun when you're trying to lay things out and have these little quests happen. Um, and the, like I said, the game, if you decide to do that, the game rewards you. Oh, I'm sorry, here. Um, uh, Nagash's heroic act, I got it in front of me. He's got a regular heroic act, rotate a highlighted spell one step forward. So like that arcane bolt, you play it, you lay it down, and then it's going to take two turns to get to that big damage. I lay it down, I use my heroic deck to move it to the next spot, and then on the very next turn, boom, I've got you for seven. That's actually pretty brutal. His other heroic act is take four risen units, which are like the skeletons and stuff, from your discard pile up to your hand. So yeah. and and that's one of those things where they those guys are the guys that stack a lot. So I might have three or four go away at once, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna use my heroic deck just this once per game. And pull all of these cards back into my hand so I can start dumping out more. Once again, dumping out hordes and hordes and hordes and hordes of things. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, like I said, the the synergies, the mixes, the, the interplay. And the decks do play like, like, the, like the Grand Alliance. Um, Death has got a lot of stuff that comes out that does us just a lot of... You know, a lot of small things that can eat through. Um, all of the different terror geists cause there's, and zombie dragons, I have to discard a card from my hand because when the thing comes down, it eats something, and usually something of mine first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, destruct- oh, I've, I've, I've been playing a lot of people who play Chaos, and when you play Chaos, because Chaos has uh, basically Zinch and corn. Yeah. Um, but that corn stuff, oh, I've played against people who play no Zinch, who just play straight corn, no wizards. Mm-hmm. That it's just a punch you in the face over and over deck. It's crazy tough. Yeah, corn's got a lot of neat stuff. Zinch is obviously magic, um, but I've noticed with chaos, their theme is like sacrificing. Oh um, yeah. So a lot of the things in that deck require you to take damage or to blow up your own units. Yeah, discard cards to get the the, effect. The crazy juggernaut. If I lay it down, and that's the thing where you see the little symbol. It's got the little white box with the star in it that's you. And suddenly on either side of you is a green box. So that's your two champions next to you. And when you lay him down, you actually remove anybody next to him. Because when he starts Mm -hmm. the battle, you don't want to be near him. You want to let him go on them. So 
He's dropping it down, and instead of removing one of my guys, he's removing everybody around him before he gets to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so <laughs> – they play yeah. They play like you'd expect them to. This is Yeah. A, and this is a big deal to me. Like, the game's mm-hmm. fun, but it feels like Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Um, and then order tends to be damage prevention – uh, I've noticed a lot. And then keeping your stuff on the table longer. Uh, there's a lot of cards that make you rotate backwards. Um, so there's a lot of action manipulation with order. Um, and then destruction, I've noticed, is just exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, constant energy. You're always doing something. There's a lot of different ways to get extra actions in destruction. Right. Oh, um, yeah, because- that's another big thing. Dude, one of those, one of your characters, your heroic act is draw a card, and if it's an orc, play it. Yeah, put it down. Put it down in front of him. him. Yeah. Well, it says you may. You may. Um, but you we'll get. But you're drawing extra cards, and it's like, oh, it's a double action basically. Because I draw a card, if I don't take an action, I'm going to draw anyway. But if I use his heroic action and I draw, I might just get to play it, which is, I mean, that's a double action. Yeah, it's also I've the cards the champions that I've really enjoyed playing have been that guy that's the war boss recruiter from Destruction, and then the Slauson Prime, where you get to uh, draw out of sequence or set your deck up because the Slauson Prime can look at the top two cards, put one on the bottom, and take the other one into your hand. So anything right. that lets you draw out of sequence, you have a better chance to get the resource that you need faster because you're not ending your turn to draw a card. Oh yeah, uh, what is it? Death. Death has a, a thing you can play where I can look at the four cards. Scrying pool, yeah. Yeah, and I can either put them back in any order I want or just reshuffle the deck. Mm-hmm. So if I look at them, I'm like, oh, I don't need any of these four cards. Shuffle the deck. So it's not yeah. just knowing what's coming. It's deciding whether or not I feel like letting it happen. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's it, it's hard to explain on the air without being able to show you the cards and the setup and all that stuff, which is why, seriously, go to YouTube and watch a video. I may even try to make a video. By the way, people who have been asking where the heck all my YouTube videos are, I haven't done them. My camera is not – I mean, th- we need a new camera. Um, the camera I'm using here at home, I've been using the camera we had – and it's it's not it's not running right. So videos are coming, but and this is definitely going to be one of them because watching this actual play is a lot better um, than uh, than just describing it. But yeah, I mean, I think we've described. I mean, that's the game, right? I mean, that's it. Yeah, we haven't missed that's... anything. I mean, we've kind of been all about with it because it's kind of hard, like I said, to explain it just without visuals. But try yeah, it. No, Seriously, I... go download the app and just try it. It's free. You can play for free. And if you like it, go buy some cards and play with real live people or just keep playing on the app because you can do that. And it's mm-hmm. it's so much fun. And then um, if you're really having fun and you want to play, uh, you can always um, – you can totally uh, you can totally add in your friends on the app, and we'll get to that when we talk about the app. But let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about all the cool things that you can do on the app 
uh, because of course there has to be one because it's you know 2018. So we'll be back. Finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back, and we're talking Age of Sigmar Champions, and Dave, did you know there's an app for that? Is there? Because that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's what we do. I, 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 I might have played it on the, I, I did play it on the app, actually. So, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's good. So, the app is powered by PlayFusion, which is the company that is working with GW using their IP for Age of Sigmar to put out champions. And when you buy a card, you'll notice around the edges there's a series of black dots, almost like a punch card. Um, And what you do with your smartphone is you go into the app and you can scan that card into your digital card library. So this way you can use the card that you own in the app. Right, because when you first start playing, you pick one of the four... Grand Alliance, one of the campaign decks, and you play it. And if you win with it, then you get that deck. Like, you actually have to win with it once to get it. But then that's all you have for cards. Sometimes yeah, and it's digital copies, not they don't send you a physical copy of right. the campaign deck. But it's in there. But, you know, when I first started playing it, I played, you know, I got unlocked all four decks. And then you win bonuses, and you can win five-card boosters in, in-game. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's in-app purchases. If you want to spend 50, 60 bucks, you can just buy a crap ton of stuff. But yeah. I'm talking for people who don't want to do that, who just want to play for free. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, and you only win common and uncommon cards. So you're not going to win any rares just playing for free. However, if you're a guy who has three boxes of boosters and all four campaign decks, you can sit there for about three hours and just take each card just have them in a stack just move the one card off and just hold it i'm just sitting there holding the camera and i got a stack of cards underneath it and once it, it you'll, you'll see it scan boom it's in slide that top card off scan 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 every card i own is in there and it, and, and how many i own is now in in the game mm-hmm. 
So now I can I can make decks and play with whatever it is I actually physically own as well, which is a cool reason to actually get you to go out and buy some cards because you can then play with your friends in real life and use them online. Yeah, and you can play anybody online. You can challenge specific people. Um, you can add them as your friends on the app so, so you can play them directly. Um, but the big thing that I like about it is that there's always somebody playing. Whenever I sit on hold at work, um, I tap into the queue, and there's always like three, four, six hundred people online on the app at any given time. So, so you can always play a game. Yeah, because it's worldwide, so somebody's up yeah. somewhere. So you can always find a game, um, and then you just play them one-off randomly. Um, or you can add them as friends. You can even issue rematch chi- rematches. Um, and it's one of those things that you get to practice your deck any time that you want. Um, it's this way, like, if you're going to an organized play event, you can practice on the app against all sorts of different things and refine it and tune it so it's not like you always have to get together with somebody. You can play on the app with your actual cards that you'll be playing in a deck and just kind of go from there, try it out, make adjustments. You can save the decks that you've tried out. Um, you can make adjustments in the list. So it's it's a very unique experience. And there's a lot of stuff on the app we're not even really covering um, because you can earn different like card backs for their digital presentation. Oh, sure. You can earn different play mats, um, create digital copies of cards. This way you can have like a additional fake one in the app. This way you can play with it if you don't necessarily own three of the same card. You can make additional ones. Now, I'm not certain how that works because uh, in the app, there's a little symbols near the top. There's gold and then there's this. What is this other? You know what it was called. The blue is the souls. So that's the thing that you use to make the digital copies. Which I totally screwed up, and, and I was just tapping, and I was, I was having some lag at work, and I was getting impatient. Mm-hmm. And I was tapping on this card to see what it did, and it popped up. And on the bottom, it'll show you how much you can actually like recycle it for, which I don't know what that means. Like That means you get rid of the digital copy that you scanned in uh-huh. or have earned in-game to get additional souls to make digital copies of other cards. All right, and I can get and if I have the and it literally spits splits it between digital and physical copies that you've scanned. Mm-hmm. So if I have physical copies I scanned, I can just ditch all those digital copies and and get the get the and get the souls because what happens is it'll say how much you can recycle it for for points and then there's one that'll say create and it'll have a number next to it and I actually accidentally was tapping to get the card to come up and it wasn't coming, and then it popped up, and I was still tapping and not paying attention, and I wasted about 150 soul stones to to make a card I already had 10 of. I was like, son of a gun. Yeah. Um, but there's also gold, which I haven't used, and then there's these purple gems that that's, you can buy those online. And Yeah, those can... are like crystals from other games, um, so that's in-app purchases uh, primarily. Yeah. Um, and then the gold is stuff you get as a result of completing challenges, or leveling up as you play more games, you use those to buy digital boosters and whatnot. Right. So there's 
all that extra stuff um, to keep track of in the game. But, like, the only other play, game I play on my phone is uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Uh-huh. And that game, you always have to log in and check in to get additional energy or additional events and stuff like that. This game doesn't have that as oh, much. Oh, right, right, right. Like when, uh, what was that, Harrison, I, Puzzles and Dragons. You every five, It yeah. takes five minutes to get some energy back, and you have to spend mm-hmm. energy to play your game. Yeah, you don't have that lag here. No, no you can just play all you want. Champions, yeah. So it's a little simpler. It has some complexities to it, but it's one of those things that you can just play anybody that you want, play new people, make new friends, heaven forbid you do that. Um, <laughs> so that's really kind of the app in a nutshell. But the thing is, you can play this game for free just by using the cards that they get you and as you earn. But again, you're not going to have the most optimized decks. Right. Um, if you're not going to be purchasing the actual cards either in-app or um, in person. Now, there's other weird things because you can scan other people's cards. Yep. So, like, every card has a unique little signature. And so, like, I just spent all my time scanning my cards. I could go to Alex's house one day while we're screwing around. And he could just scan all my cards, and then you... or the ones you don't own, which is the big thing. What do you mean? Like I don't own an Agash, right? But I could scan yours on my phone, and suddenly I have an Agash on my app, right? And then you, and then like now, there's stuff that happens that I don't, and I can't find what in the world it's good for. Um, sometimes you're playing and you win, and it says some of your cards have leveled up. Yeah, that I don't get at all. And so, and here's the thing. I don't even know how to choose them because there's certain cards I have like 10 of. Mm-hmm. And I was actually tapping and somehow it opened up and showed me this card's at a level 7 and this card's at a level 2 and the rest of them are at level 1. And I'm like, well, how do I play my level 7? Now, what I was told, because I did go into the FAQs and I, I and, and I was on Facebook because there's already Warhammer Champions Facebook pages. Um, and I had asked about that and they said uh, there is no actual in-game uh, benefit to be playing a level 7 card over a level 1 card. The card does the exact same thing. But, like, for trading or for other purposes, like, I guess there's stuff that's going to be coming that, like, you know, oh, look, your card's at level whatever. Um, but so if you scan my Nagash card, my Nagash card will level up for me, and you will get a Nagash card, which is a great way if you got friends, um, all they got to do is take a picture of it uh-huh. And send it to you. Now, if it's on your phone, you've got to email it to yourself so you can scan it off. The, you know, you, you, obviously, you can't scan it off your own phone because you need the camera. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, right now I'm missing 11 cards out of the out of the complete set. And I'll tell you what, if anyone is Archeon or something like that, I've, I've got a couple of cards. Let me know. Uh, send a picture. I, will, I can scan it, and then your card levels up, and then I get the card. Um, also, when you buy a campaign deck, there's a card that says Booster Pack. And you can scan that as well. And uh, if other people scan that, the more that it gets scanned, you just earn in-game booster decks and stuff. So suddenly it becomes this whole community thing of, hey, scan my cards and I'll scan your cards. And they can do all sorts of things for later. And you get gold when you're finding new cards and stuff like that. Um, There's actually a Warhammer Champions Facebook page that I joined. Um and I mean, it's only been around since the beginning of August, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was screwing around today, and people are just taking pictures of that booster card card mm-hmm. because scan that, and like if enough people scan it, then the people the person who owns the card actually will in game get extra boosters, booster packs. And then the people who are scanning it once they hit certain scans, they'll they'll once they've scanned the extras, they can get extra booster packs as well. So this page, I'm just scrolling down, and I only got back to. I mean, today is September 20th. I got back to the 13th, the middle of September 13th. I'd scanned 147 booster cards because people are just putting up pictures of them, and I'm just holding the camera and moving it, moving it over each one. It's like scan, 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 and. Uh, when I was done, I had scanned 145 cards, and guess what? Uh, I got like five of those little bo- those those box things, the the pre- the present boxes, and like ten booster decks. And I'm gonna I marked where I was. I'm like I'm gonna scroll back more and do that more. In fact, I'm putting up the pictures of mine. Some of these ones they put up, and especially guys who got in early, because when you scan it, it tells you how many times it's been scanned. 306 scans on that card. I'm like, dang, that guy's getting a bunch, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's it's uh, it's it's a it's it's suddenly this weird collectible part to it that's more than just buying the cards. Because now that I have the cards, I'm trading and screwing around with the cards. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm just I am having so much fun, and it like I said, it's it doesn't play like any other collectible card game I've played. Which is no. one of the things I really enjoy about it. So I'm just like, oh, this is just, this is fun, and I'm just having a blast. Um, yeah, I think people have realized I, I like it. I think that people are getting that idea from it. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so now the fun part is you can find people um, online. They everyone's got a unique ID number. Um, that you can just type into the phone under the search function for adding friends. So this so way you can play them directly, etc. Um, and Dave, I think you and I have a couple, don't we? Oh yeah, I've got I got mine. Hold on, I'm I'm I was just about to look it up and then I didn't because I was doing something right here. Well, I've got mine handy, um, so I'll just go ahead and use it. So my, if you want to play me, this is my actual thing. So this is who I am. Um, my username is the Alex G, all lowercase, um, and then my ID number, and this is all caps, is RSV dash RHB dash GP. Um, so again, RSV dash RHB dash GP, and that's me directly. If you want to play me, and I am Otomo O T O M O, and my card code or my code is J M P. D J B G P. So um, James, Martha, Peter, David, James, uh, Bravo, George, Peter. There you go. So that's you. Uh, so punch that in, and you can add me uh, as a friend, or just you know send us your little your whatever your code is. You know, email us or send, no, emailing is a pain. But you could put it up on, uh, you know, on Twitter or whatever like that is. Yeah, Twitter or Facebook or there's yeah. different ways to launch it from the app to your various Feel social free. media platforms. Feel free to go to the Garage Hammer page 
and post up your code. And yeah. people can add you. And then suddenly, you know, we've got a whole group of people. We can challenge each other. We can play against each other. Because, um, yeah, I've been wasting a lot of time doing this stupid stuff. So, Yeah, and it's one of those things that you could easily organize with enough guys or gals playing within a group. You could easily organize an online tournament that you can play from your house using your cards in the app. Yeah. Just by saying you play this and do Swiss and just challenge out. So you could do that from your house with people all over the planet, realistically. Right. And you could just totally post extra. up them booster cards, too. In fact, yeah, I'm for real. Post mine up to the Facebook page because people can play and they can go right there. But, um, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't certain. Um, Neither was I. When I saw it being played, I'm like, you know, this looks pretty good. I, this looks like good. Um, saw the demo. I'm like, this is fun. This could be really fun. Do I want to spend this kind of money? And uh, I'm kind of glad I did. Um, I mean, granted, I got the freebies at first to give it a shot. Um, but if I didn't think it was great, I wouldn't have gone in and bought extra. Which yeah, I did. And, and realistically, the cost that you pay for these cards is not that bad compared to a lot of other CCGs, I've noticed. Because, um, like, the campaign decks are only, like, 15 bucks, realistically. So you get your starter deck. You also get a booster in there of random oh, right. cards, which I thought was a really nice touch. To so you, automatic, you already have more cards to start customizing depending on what you pull in that pack. So... Yeah, once you get the used to it. The cost of entry is not that terrible into this game, real. But, I mean, obviously you're going to buy more because that's what you do. Yeah, because it's fun. So, yeah. um, I think that's it. Like, we've, we've talked about this enough. Seriously, get on and give it a shot. That's the big yeah. thing. Get on and give it a shot. Let us know what you think, um, either on the Facebook page or on Twitter or whatever. Um, because it's it's fun, it's it's mm-hmm. a good time. Um, like I said, I don't even understand why we're all scanning each other's cards, um, but I'm doing it. I'm in. Like whatever. I've never. I mean, that's just the coolest idea. Like, hey, every every card's unique. Every card's got its own little scan. Um, and now we're all suddenly in this community and we're playing and scanning and doing all this stuff. I'm like, oh, and just the idea that hey, you know what? If you buy our cards and find it, <laughs> you can play it on the digital app and you don't have to pay for it, but you're totally allowed to share. You know, <laughs> like, dude, I'm telling you, I had I had got a couple of booster boxes and I was still short a few cards and one of them was like Nagash and I wanted one so bad because you, you know why. Uh, and then one day I was over at uh, uh, Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois, and um so I was picking up stuff, and I, every time I go in, I buy another booster or two just to see if I get one of those cards I'm missing. Don't want to buy a whole other box. I went up there one day, picked up a couple of packs, kind of did my, oh, I'm going to use the force and feel and see which one's special, uh, throw a couple <laughs> others back. You got to do something, right? You know, you just need you know, Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I got in the car, and I opened them up, and there he was, the man himself. I'm like, I can't believe I just pulled it a gosh. Um. Yeah, I'm totally in on this stupidity because I am that kind of a chump, and I am having so much fun. Yes, and join Absolutely. us. Join us. Jump. Run down this with us. So that's it, ain't it, Alex? 
That is. That is a lot. Um, so thank you for putting up with us trying to explain this new nerddom we got going on here. Um, <laughs> so next episode, are we going to do another book review? Another Battle Tome review? Not only are we going to do a Battle Tome review, but a much requested, we kind of didn't get to it, and now we're coming back to it, book review. Um, we're pulling out the Blades of Corn. Yeah. Next episode. That'll be the next one. So then, then we'll just get people hating on us who are mad that we missed Iron Jaws. That'll be that's the oldest one. Or the Daughters of Cain. That's um, not nearly as old as the Iron Jaws. Not nearly as old, Blades but Corn, so. guys, we have not forgotten. So now we're gonna take the time to go back and yeah. Blades of Corn. You're up next. Yeah, I know Beastman comes out next week, but everybody and their grandmother's gonna be rushing out with a Beastman thing, and you're either gonna be. You know, you're going to have these guys telling you what the best units are and those guys telling you what the lore is, and then we'll get to it because we're going to give it the garage hammer treatment. I have no ability to skip things. So, you know, it's coming. It'll be here, and it'll be worth it. Um, And I just want to thank you all for – oh, oh, by the way, I want to thank you all for sticking with the show, not only for 200 episodes, but sticking with the show through the recent trouble trouble we had with it being dropped off of iTunes. Um, I've gotten a lot of uh, people emailing saying, hey, you know, stick with it, and, you know, we're here with you. We know it's a hassle, but, you know, thanks for going through the hassle. So a couple of things are happening. By the time you listen to this, hopefully we have migrated off of GoDaddy, which was the problem we were having. It was moving too slow. Um, mm-hmm. That might have caused another where the site's down for about a day while we're changing over. I apologize for that. We should be up on iTunes, though. Everything should be running smoothly on iTunes, and that's what's important. Um, we've had a couple of people asking about the other platforms, and it's much easier to get on other platforms, the Stitcher or the or um, Sound, whatever the other ones are. Uh, SoundCloud? Not SoundCloud. I don't think that's what it is, but or maybe it is. But uh, there's the, you know, the music app that everybody uses now that I'm never quite on. Um, that they're doing podcasts now. All these other things. I know it's available, um, and I'm going to try to get onto all of them. Just adding the RSS feed to all of them, so you should be able to get it. However, you listen to podcasts. Uh, so if you don't use iTunes, you won't necessarily have to just go to the web page and download it um but thank you for sticking with us through that uh i do appreciate it um and for those of you who don't do all the social media nonsense that we do um we're having another contest and we're having another contest Another contest yes because the prize closet is 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 big and uh my itunes reviews are not we had hundreds I mean, literally, we had over 200, uh, we were around 250 iTunes reviews. And when they dropped us, I had to resubmit the podcast. And for some reason, when they put it back up, all the reviews were gone. And I've emailed them, and it doesn't look like they're going to come back. No. Um, and I mean, it's not, uh, in the big picture, it's not a big deal. But it's bothersome that so much of that went away and that affects like how many people can see us. Um, so it's for growing the community um, really more than anything as far as these reviews. So that's why we put this in because we want people to get the word out about the podcast. We want people to be able to listen and enjoy the content uh, that we all put so much into. Not just me and Dave, but also 
each and every one of you that puts up with us rambling for two to five hours every two weeks. Yep. So, so if you go up and put an iTunes review, um, I'm just going to take whatever your iTunes name is, and we're going to put it in a random contest. Now, remember, there, and I didn't realize this, I mean, I've I've known for a long time, but initially when I first started the podcast, I didn't realize there is a separate iTunes, like, for every, almost every country, it seems like. Um, And so when you go to put your iTunes reviews on in Canada, you're on the Canadian iTunes review, you're not on the ones I see in the United States. Now, I can scroll down to the bottom, and I can look up where it'll it'll have a little American flag in a little circle, and I can click on that, and then that'll open up all the different places that iTunes has, and then I could go through each country and look for reviews, um, and a lot of them aren't in English because it's a different country, uh, and I can't read them, but there's reviews, right? Uh, I don't have that kind of time. So if you are posting a review in a different country, drop me an email, garagehammerlive.com, something like that. Just drop me an email, say, hey, I posted a review. At least, and I'll go look at it. You know, I will definitely go to see it because I like to read it because, you know, I'm I'm an egomaniac and I like to read things that are talking about me. Um, But the point is this way you can get entered into the contest. I can go check. I look at the review. Okay, it's there. And this way, instead of checking 100 different countries or however many iTunes is in, uh, you know, I got like seven. Or at least I know when I'm looking, I know to go look because there's something there. And I'm not just like, nope, nope. Nope, I know there's something. So drop me an email if it's not on the American iTunes feed. Uh, and, I, guys, I really appreciate it. I really do mm-hmm. appreciate it because, A, I mean, it's nice to have you guys saying such nice things. But it also, if someone is new to it and they click on it, I mean, when I click on new podcasts, I skim through the reviews. I mean, it it, it it's it's rarely made me not want to listen, but sometimes it's made me want to listen more, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I read them. I know that sometimes they help. So I would love it if you guys would jump on there and do that for me. We're going to announce the winner in episode like 203 or something like that, maybe 204. I'm going to give you guys all the time in the world to get as many reviews up as possible. And then I'll and then we'll we'll announce a winner. Who knows? We may announce a winner and then just run the contest again, you know, depending mm-hmm. on if people are jumping in. I got I got prizes. So Okay, I think that's it. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so we'll be back in two weeks with Blades of Corn. Yep. And uh, kind of see where things take us. Yep. And uh, before we go real quick, I have to. Uh, I'm obligated and so willing and happy to thank our Patreon sponsors again, especially those associate producers, Phil Elliott and Dwight Sims, the executive producers, Nick Napoliotis and Big Jake, and, of course, our newest sponsor, Alvin Astrum. Thank you so much for being part of the 1%. And, folks, until next time, just remember that only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer, and Alex, that's me, is at somekindageek30. 
Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance Forums. That's tga.community. Or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.